Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I walked in the room and knowing that there are some people who are head of facilities who are working in a competitive environment in their daily work, but right then they're in that room free from all of those things and creating a very welcoming and inclusive environment for everyone. I was really mesmerized by it. This is BIPOC Credits, a podcast highlighting BIPOC crew members working in the BC film industry. Listen in to stories from behind the scenes of your favorite films and TV shows. Together, Let's celebrate the progress we've seen so far in becoming a more diverse film industry. Plus, learn how you can be a part of the BC film industry. Here's your host, Andy Wong. Hey everyone, welcome to yet another episode of BIPOC Credits. If anyone is interested in post-production, today's episode is for you. Our guest today, Bouquet Bile, has over 17 years of post-experience with production spanning from the Middle East to North America. She's done a variety of different roles, including being a dialogue editor, assistant editor, and most recently, post-coordinating on the TV series Snowpiercer. In this episode, Bouquet breaks down each job position and explains the skills required to succeed in each. She goes into her favorite moments in her career, one of which is coordinating a complicated setup in a big scene in Snowpiercer. She talks about dialogue editing and the many reasons additional dialogue recording or ADR is used in film. Having worked the first half of her career in Turkey, she also talks about her experience transitioning into the BC film industry and gives some insight on appreciating the difficult moments in life. Finally, Bouquet is now on the board of the Vancouver Post Alliance, and she talks about how the organization helps emerging editors break into the industry. If you're interested in editing and the post production workflow, you definitely want to keep listening because without further ado, here is my conversation with Bouquet File. Thank you so much, uh, Bouquet, for coming to join us on this podcast. Um, I am incredibly excited and grateful for you to be here because um, posts has always been something that I've been intrigued about uh, um, and, and the whole process of it and I've never uh, gotten an opportunity to learn it. Uh, so I'm super excited about this interview. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, I'm not sure if you remember this, but uh, we, we have worked together uh, like way long ago. I think it was like six or seven years ago uh, on this uh, little uh, uh, movie of the week called The Art of Us. Of course I do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I think it was like my very first, one of my very first like ADing experience um, uh, on that project. Can you talk a bit about like what you did on that project? Sure. Um, I was an assistant editor uh, working in the picture department and it was actually one of my 
first kind of first gigs I did in Vancouver. Um, yeah, so I was very lucky to be assisting uh, Franco Pante, uh, who is one of the greatest talents in our city. Uh, it was our first time working together, but thankfully he trusted me with all of my temp sound music and ended up using most of my tracks, temp tracks, when presenting his cuts to directors, producers, network. Um, it was it was really great to have that collaboration with him. Yeah, having a background in dialogue editing was a great asset of mine. So I made sure our, our show always sounded great, even if it's all temp sound and music. Um, he also gave me some scenes to uh, cut and, you know, explore cutting, uh, which was which was also great because um, like going to film school is important, but learning how to how the editing room works is also crucial. And it's only possible when you have a great mentor like Franco. Uh, so we actually did a few movies after that, and I enjoyed working with him very much. I, I miss him so much, actually. Um, I guess you yeah. don't really work with him now because you guys work on different shows. Uh, different yeah, I shows. am. I am not assisting editing right now. Uh, so yeah, yeah sure. I I can't get on the same project with him as you know his assistant. Uh, oh yeah, as an assistant editor, if I may, um, if if I may speak about what we do as an assistant editor, yeah. uh, we sync sound and organize all the dailies for editor. Uh, we are using uh, documents like camera, sound report, scripty reports, uh, script supervisors, reports, scripty, yeah. sorry, little lingo. We kind of call them um, scripty, yeah. <laughs> um, and we also use these documents to confirm that everything that was shot ingested into our systems accurately. Um, right. That's why it's so important for those reports to be accurate and, and why like it's important for those crew members that are doing it to be, I guess, um, uh, uh, handing them in at the end of every night. Um, so then you guys can get started on your work as well as assistant editors. Exactly. And yeah, often we uh, have a communication with the um, ADs. I'm sure we had some, some emailing yeah. uh, back then. I think so, and then yeah. Um, sound recording, record this as well as the scripty because we, we often want to confirm things, uh, whether something is going to be shot because it was partially shot or uh, we see something on the paperwork, but then we don't have the corresponding file. So we ask the dits if we can trace it back and if it lost in the tra translation somewhere. So. Yeah, oftentimes we, we are responsible of, um, system editors are responsible of um, making sure everything is in avid, in the editing system, ready to go for the editor. So editor can just focus on the, the creative part of the thing. Can I ask like the organization process of it, um, how, how often does the editor influence how you organize it? Because I'm sure you have a system that you like organizing things, but the, does the editor go like, no, 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 that's all wrong. <laughs> that's a very How good question. Um, yeah, every editor ha has their own preference. Uh, so we ask the editors what they need at the top right. of the project. And then we follow that. Gotcha. So it's often a communication um, be about it off the top uh, when you first start yes. your job. Gotcha. But it's it's a two way thing too, you know. If you if you work with a different editor and you know try something different and find it's a cool way, you can always propose that and see how it right. goes. But um, right. yeah, usually editors have their own organizing um, system, uh, and they they just tell what they need, and assistants just follow that. You're not an assistant editor anymore, though. Uh, you're working as a post coordinator or post supervisor yes. for Snowpiercer. I, I am post coordinator on Snowpiercer. Yes. What do you do as a post coordinator? A post coordinator work under the post producer and post supervisor. Uh, these are the project management positions that cover all logistics 
and keeping the entire post process moving on schedule, on budget, and overseeing that the creative quality is met at each milestone, sound, music, color, final approvals. Um, So as a coordinator on Snowpiercer, um, I do various of things uh, at different stages. During the filming, um, I distribute uh, dailies on the preferred platform. Um, it's a it's a secured plat- platform that requires passwords and cer- certain uh, access levels to access. So I am responsible of maintaining all that access levels and all the assets being uh, uploaded and shared with the team. Right. Um, right. And time to time, it can be complicated or some uh, crew members might need assistance, troubleshooting. So I jump in and help them uh, to make things work. Overall, I'm responsible for a streamlined communication uh, between team members, other departments and vendors. Uh, so right. I make a lot of cheat sheets and tutorials uh, to make that happen. Oh, you do? <laughs> <laughs> like tutorial videos kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, there's so many standards and specifications we follow um, and to to keep things together and working on an episodic TV show, uh, fourth season, uh, I feel like, yeah, I I created a lot of documentation that I passed around uh, just to, you know, get people up to speed or keep things streamlined, I would say. What's your what's your favorite part about working on, on a show like that? Oh, so many, so many favorite parts. Uh, but I think uh, I would say my favorite part is doing the dubbing, ADR. Uh, oh, yeah. S- scheduling and recording uh, ADR is definitely my favorite thing to do. So do you do you actually get to be in the room while they're uh, dubbing and you, you get to be a part of it? I can. I used to in season one, and then uh, we finished season two and three uh, under the COVID conditions, right. circumstances. Oh, uh, yeah. And we actually did most of our ADR remotely. Uh, so I didn't get oh, to be so. in the same yeah. room, but we can we can do a remote ADR session um, and connect people from different locations being in the same room is quite different yeah um especially if you're recording multiple characters at the same time there was a scene in season two uh where we had uh puppets it was a puppet theater uh and oh cool yeah it was super cool and uh, we needed to ADR the entire scene. We we needed actual puppeteers, uh, voice actors to uh, do the sound. Right. Uh, and it wow. had to be during COVID. So even if we work with all local actors, voice actors here, uh, everyone was at a different studio, different location. And we had three puppeteers. Two of them were uh, connecting from their home studio. And one of them is at the ADR stage. Uh, the ADR recordist was on the stage as well. And myself, uh, director, executive producers, everyone was on Zoom. Um, it was it was a very <laughs> multi-way ADR and lots of connections involved. Um, it was it was actually a great accomplishment. Uh, we are all proud of uh, something that wasn't quite tried before like that because right. the idea is they were supposed to act and react. So, you know, just like they're in the same studio, they're on the same stage. Um, so in order to achieve that, we had to record everyone at the same time, and that's yeah. that's quite of a setup and yeah i'm I'm really right. proud that came together really nicely and we had such a good time and i remember yeah watching watching the scene and hearing the puppeteers doing the lines it, it was everything was coming live it was wow. such a great moment to to be i think that was like one of my favorite 
scenes to work on too, I would say. Yeah. Do you guys often have to do ADR? Um, like, do you, do you find that a lot of the times, like, uh, the, the onset sound recording is enough that you don't need it? Or Yeah, there are a um, few different reasons to do ADR. One of them is, the yes, uh, it could be poor sound recording, uh, or it could be um, a noisy scene. Lots of yeah, movements, right. lots of happening in the background, and it's um, overlapping with the dialogues. And, you know, if we are... Um, if there's a very important line or word covered by a big noise, you know, we, we definitely, we first try to fix it in post. Uh, but if it doesn't sound right, yeah, it goes in our ADR list. Yeah. Um, that's another technical reason. But then there are also creative reasons too. They might want um, some lines delivered in a different tone or different right. um, volume, you know, different projection. Um, so that's another reason to go ADR. Or sometimes a line changes, you, know, you say things a little differently, change a word or two. Yeah. And you need to record the whole line to make it sense. Sometimes you just grab words, but Ideally, right. you record everything and use as much as you can from the original and go to ADR when needed. So as a post coordinator, would you say that you have to be there for like basically all the way till the end until the, the product is fully delivered? I am, yes. So yeah, basically after the ADR finishes, we have a you know complete sound. So you know, everything is also being worked on to color, VFX, uh, music. Everything comes together and we, we have a final product. Then I hop in again and um, I, I make sure we have all the deliverables from each vendor, each department in line uh, with the required specifications. Yeah, it's just basically, there are lots of instructions, but you also need to come up with some creative solutions too. So it's, it's like... A, um, In the sense, it's like creative problem solving, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's a like, lot of problem solving. It's, yeah. You gotta love problem solving. I always say that if yeah. everything works great, no one needs any of us. Like editor yeah. can go and do their thing and pass it on to composer and yeah. fine, you know. But yeah. um, no, there's always uh, a communication, um, some, some clarification needs to be made and that's where we jump in. That's why people rely on us too. Definitely. Um, it takes a certain kind of like personality uh, to be able to, I guess, put all of that information together, organize it and like make sure it goes into like the right places. Definitely a strong knowledge in post-production pipeline and technologies yeah. is the key. Like, especially this position requires multitasking under pressure yeah. or deadlines, being extremely detail-oriented and highly organized. Um, you also have to have a great, have to have great communication skills as yeah. most of the correspondence with vendors, producers, directors, studios, networks is through email. So you need to have really good email etiquette as well as like really good communication skills. Email etiquette is a huge thing. And a very <laughs> calm manner too when you're doing all of these. Yeah, um, so I'm like starting to recognize how similar our jobs is. They are, yeah. Can you talk a bit about uh, how um, how you got into the film industry in Turkey and, and what that film industry is like? Because there's often a, a, a misconception of how other people in other places do things. So uh, I'd love to hear about like, you know, how the, the film industry in Turkey is run. So how I got into film in Turkey... So, yeah, it started early in high school, actually. I was into uh, doing analog photography, working with film, developing, printing film. And uh, my brother, who is 
a sound designer had lots of filmmaker friends who are also yeah. into photography so uh i had some i received some great mentorship from uh those people uh in my early high school days uh which you know involving with them and just seeing seeing what they do for work really influenced me to choose this path uh and I think, yeah, the first time I worked as an intern uh, assistant director on on a uh, television movie during my high school break, the summer break. Um, and during that time, the shooting was finished. We were working on editing and I walked into the editing room and see how things are coming together. It's like... It everything felt like this is magic. I had no idea how this was happening before. So right there, I decided this is where I want to be. Um, then yeah, I just worked towards it. I started doing my bachelor degree in film, um, focused on uh, film, TV, and radio. But I was so thriving to learn and do more and actually, you know, get my hands on the real stuff. So. I I started working full time while I was doing the school. It was kind of crazy, but uh, oh, wow. yeah, I yeah. I'm had I had such a great experience doing that. Worked with really great people, learned everything right on the um, right in the editing room. Like I knew that I wanted to be editor, and there were a lot of people like me. There were a lot of people like you. You want to be yeah. editor, you want to be a director, you want to be a DOP. No one wants to be assistant editor. No one wants to be the, yeah. you know, yeah. the post yeah. coordinator, you know, it's right. like, um, you, you want to, you want to aim for that for some reason when you're young, I guess. And that's what I was, that's what I was focusing on. And then my brother who is living in England, um, um, was, thinking of opening um, a branch in Istanbul. And um, he, him and his partner asked me if I would be in charge of that facility. And knowing that, like, I had the skills and the abilities to manage a team. It was just not quite what I wanted. But I took right. the leap and I went for it. And, you know, when I look back now, it's actually, it's serving great for what I'm doing right now. I'm so yeah. glad I I did that. I experienced that uh, before I moved here. Um, it, it was great experience and um, I learned so much running a facility, being, being responsible of a facility, a team member, team of uh, sound people. It was um super helpful with my professional growth i mean that sounds like it completely relates to what um you're doing right now which is it does. managing on a much larger scale yeah yeah I mean, it's so it's so fascinating how sometimes in life like we uh we do something just on the whim and then it comes back later to be actually really meaningful to us yeah um it it's funny how life works like that sometimes sometimes you don't see why you're doing it but yeah it definitely uh serves for something along the way uh but you know i didn't i didn't stop there when i was working there i was like uh -huh. i love editing like uh, and there is editing happening too like it's it's not just it's a sound right. studio right so yeah. um quickly i learned uh first i learned editing ADR and then started editing dialogue pretty soon I was supervising dialogue editing I was okay. responsible of the whole dialogue track for many feature films we did there yeah while I was still managing uh, an award-winning studio we won some awards so it was it was a very great time and while everything was going great and at peak peak um, I decided to move. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. So why did you decide to leave the film industry in Turkey and go to Vancouver? In 2010, there has been some uh, political and social changes started to happen in Turkey. And um, me and my partner both decided to leave Turkey um, as we didn't see a future for ourselves there anymore. Yeah, it was a hard decision for sure. And especially when everything with my career was going great and uh, I built a great network, uh, it was hard to leave. Uh, but that was the biggest protest of my time happened. I was a part of it. A lot of my friends and family were part of it. And we really thought that it's going to make a change. Uh, but it just backlash like it it got even worse after that protest. So, uh, yeah, it was a it was a very clear uh, sign for us that uh, this is our time to make a choice, and now we are here. Yeah, so we came here actually before I moved here. I never been to Canada. I never been to Vancouver. I didn't know a single person working wow. in film. Uh, yeah, so. I came here and started from scratch, everything from scratch. Yeah. All my eight years of experience I had to put in my back pocket and, you know, start everything from new. Did your credits transfer? I had, I don't know, I guess like 25 or 30 titles. And then there's a studio manager had about like 60 titles Wow. Uh, on my IMDb and yeah, I had my assistant editor credits, uh, a couple feature films that I post-supervised. They were all in my IMDb. Of course, like the, the experience counts, but at the same time, um, like when you don't have any connections, uh, all, all that credits and experience really means nothing. So I needed to build a network when I moved here. 
and yeah, not knowing anyone, I needed to start from scratch. Um, yeah, my first job helped me um, build a small network, which slowly introduced me to other opportunities, organizations in Vancouver. And then, uh, yeah, it was easier to uh, start uh, promoting myself and introducing myself. You know, I could go in many directions when I when I came here. I could do post supervising, right. assistant editing, dialogue editing, um, which actually helped me sustain an income for a while. Because you were like kind of doing everything and you, taking yeah, the jobs like, where they came. Kind I of was thing. I was trying to take as much as I can, or like the I was working at uh, my first job here was at a facility as a project manager. Um, However, I was using all of these skills there. I was wearing multiple hats. Time to time, I would jump on Avid and do something that assistant editor would do or um, sound stuff as well. So, yeah, like it came all useful. Like it made me really unique for that position, actually. For sure. Uh, I stayed uh, I worked there for a year and a half and um, I added more and more on my plate every every month almost because, yeah, like they, they could see that I am, like I have various experience, various skills and uh, when you're an employee, you, you know, you're kind of flexible yeah. between things too. So it worked both ways. Uh, so yeah, I did that. I use all my skills when I moved here as much as I can. Yeah. Was it difficult, I guess, getting your foot in the door when you first moved here? Yeah, I think the problem was I didn't know anyone and mm. no one knew me. And this is about networking. Like you need to know yeah. people uh, or people would be willing to put your name forward for things. And right. to make that leap took me a long time. Um, like finding yeah. my first job was a very coincidental and I find myself very lucky to get that job. Um, it was a temporary job at the beginning. I was filling in for someone who is going to be away for a while. Um, right. But they kept me because, you know, after that yeah. person arrived, you know, I they, they see you know, what kind of things I can bring on table. Right. So they kept me. And I met lots right. of editors, post-producers, composers, music, um, uh, sound designers working there because they were all of the vendors or our clients. So, um, you know, I started building a network then and people started to see how I work or, you know, my abilities or what I want to do going forward. And would you say, like, I guess when you were first starting out in this industry, the there weren't as much organizations and opportunities that will allow for this kind of networking? Um, there were organizations that I didn't know about. So oh, okay. it took me a long time to figure out. It's actually, uh, th this ties to my, my first job uh, after spending a year and a half and felt comfortable about the culture and language and yeah. you know how things work here. I decided I want to be an editor. I'm going back to it, you know. Yeah. I right. decided to uh, leave my job and uh, move on, um, make my next steps as an assistant editor. Um, and when I was when I decided doing that, uh, a, an editor working at that facility. Um, told me about this organization called Vancouver Post Alliance, where uh, you can meet people and also receive um, lots of educational or informational things. Yeah. So I looked it up. I joined right away. I went to um, their meeting. And the first time I walked in the room and knowing that there are some people who are head of facilities who are working in a competitive environment in their day daily work. But yeah. right then they're in that room um, free from all of those things and 
creating a very welcoming and inclusive environment for everyone. So that was actually something I, I was really mesmerized by it. I was like, oh, like, I don't think I, I could see something like that in Turkey. Like we, we have yeah, our small right. groups, like, as you just said, you, know, you work with an editor and then the composer and those are your people, right? You know, smaller circles. Yeah. Uh, I, you I like to work with who you know, right? Yeah, I could never see something like this happening in Turkey, like small circles, lots of small circles coming together and making a big community feeling. Yeah, like the, the feeling of community is totally something new to me uh, after I moved here. It felt super welcoming. And it's, yeah, I can say that um, if there's something I learned in Canada that wouldn't be possible in Turkey is probably the the community culture. As soon as I find out, I became um, a member and then started volunteering in in events. Uh, right. Eventually, in 2018, I uh, started to serve as a board of director. So, can you talk a bit about what the Vancouver Post Alliance is? The VPA. The Vancouver Post Alliance is a nonprofit organization and its primary focus is to promote, educate and support the many thousands of post-production technicians and artists working in BC. And do you guys have to work with a lot of different organizations and uh, unions and all of that? We do have uh, uh, lots of sister organizations and uh, we, we are uh, in communication with IATC, Creative BC, um, MPPIA. So um, yeah, like I would say we, we are connected with lots of organizations and also lots of local vendors and facilities um, it's not just the artists and the technicians, mm. you know, it's like actually building a bridge between the the whole uh, post-production um, establishments in town. What what made you want to uh, become uh, a board director at the Vancouver Post Alliance? You know that in order to get where you want to, like you receive lots of mentorship, lots of good advice and help from people. and then there's a time that you feel like, okay, it's my time to give back. As soon as I became a member and started meeting people, it took some time to actually, you know, get my first job from one of those yeah. uh, new connections. Because somebody right. needs to take the leap. Somebody needs yeah. to believe in you, even if... Um, and you were saying that, oh, you had credits. Wouldn't they translate into anything? Well, they don't. I think the main thing is that the language barrier. First, they look at them and their Turkish movies, they don't understand it. Even if they right. have a look, right? Names or the story, like nothing makes sense, probably. Uh, right. And also, maybe there was maybe there was a concern that English is my second language and I'm not going to be good at cutting dialogue because dialogue is all about dialogue, right? You know, you need to understand. Or same for editing or I don't know. It just, I was asking the same question to myself. I have 60, 70 credits. Why can't I get a job? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, do you think maybe that there's just this misconception about how like, um, in other places, that's not North America. They do things differently, so you wouldn't understand oh, how yeah, we do things That's another thing here. too. Yeah, I got asked really weird questions. Like it's an industry standard; everyone knows, everyone follows, and you know, I was asked. Some some people in North America, I find like don't really understand that um, you know other places do things either like you know just the same as us. Or, um, you know, they, they have it differently, but their way could be better. Uh, I was working on this um, Hong Kong film, and uh, there was this one interaction that kind of stuck with me. The, the grip team was trying to figure out how to rig this uh, um, pole. 
and the North American uh, key grip was like, oh yeah, let 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 us show you how it's done, kind of thing, right? Aww. Like pretending to, to, to know know how it's done. But then like when they um, when they did it, the 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 Hong Kong key grip was like, hold on one second, uh, let's uh, let's bring this thing in. They like set it up, and it and it blew like the the North American key grip's uh, mind. It's like, oh, oh, well, that's a way to do it too. Like, and and it's. It was kind of fascinating because it, it just shows that sometimes like we have this like pretty closed mindset of um, mm -hmm. how we do it is the proper way. Yeah, I mean, on a technical level, I pretty much feel that we follow the same protocols and use the same technologies, you know? Yeah. But yeah, like it was it was hard to do, get all those like one or two people believing in me at the beginning. Um, and I felt, yeah, it could be because because I'm not originally from here, or it could be because you know I'm a woman. I was I was going through an imposter syndrome, you know, just right. doubting doubting myself, my skills, or what I want to do in life. Because sometimes you feel like if this is not happening for me, maybe this is not meant for me. You know, you question that too. Uh, but you know, I stick to it. I believed in it and uh, I'm a hard worker. I'm very passionate about what I do. You mentioned something earlier um, about like, I guess people wanting, when, when you're young, you like want to be an editor, you want to be a director, you want to be a producer right away. Um, but like it, what I'm hearing is like, it's, it's, the, it's the journey that gets you to these positions that will actually make you really good at what you do and give you the confidence to, uh, Feel like you belong in those roles um like if you you know jumped into being an editor right away or being a director right away like the imposter syndrome will make it so that people might not trust in you right away and mm -hmm. so like really building up to that level um makes it so that you feel more confident about yourself but also um people will feel more confident about you as well would you agree with that i think i do i never actually thought about it until you said, but yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Like you, you, you kind of have to appreciate the the hiccups uh, along the way, right? Yeah, that kind of that kind of mentality. <laughs> you definitely need to. Uh, before we wrap it up, I'm going to just ask you some rapid fire questions uh, uh, that I, I ask every one of my guests. Uh, the first one is, uh, what is the worst advice you were ever given? Oh, um, <laughs> I was given or heard lots of bad <laughs> advice but i i wouldn't say i i really took took them they were bad yeah. I, I made my <laughs> okay uh, own yeah. decision but um, i think one of the worst ones i i was given someone told me that it's okay to bend the truth to make things oh. sound or look better than they are this never works don't do it, you know, and open and clean communication is a key when you work with a large team, you know, you, can, you can't just keep things hidden or, yeah, bend the through to make it, yeah. you know, sweet. Then, you know, I would say for a bad advice like this, uh, following a good advice for, for it, like, uh, there are lots of situations that uh, as the, the managing team, um, we are in a position that we are the bearer of the bad news, right? Um, yeah. So when delivering a bad news, always, always have a solution or two that you can offer when presenting the issue. What's the best advice that you were ever given? Honestly, I don't know if it works like that for anyone. Like it's not, I never heard anyone saying here is my advice to you you know but, fair yeah no no one but like i can say that like that. i yeah. i work with lots of talented people and learned so much from those around me so uh like i wouldn't say anything was like directly given as an ad advice but mm -hmm. i don't know i can say a few things i ingested from those people you know yeah, who yeah. i have crossed paths with I guess, like, um, what's the one thing that, like, you know, uh, that you still remember and you take to heart even to this day? Uh, be very prompt with your communication. Like, don't mm. sit on an update or information for too long. 
if other team members and departments need to be alerted or action needs to be taken. Time is everything. That's very important in film. As you know from set, same in post. Yeah, Every minute sure. is important. And a couple other things, if I'm allowed to say, like a couple uh, sure, yeah. advice. Yeah. advice. Um, I think I mentioned this before, but yeah, always keep an open mind and be passionate and listen to understand, not to respond. Oh, I like that one a lot. Um, and uh, one more, uh, what would you tell your younger self before starting in this industry? Oh, um, well, be patient and trust in the path you're in. Every struggle and challenge is going to bring you another inch closer. And oh, very important thing I would say to myself, uh, if I had a chance <laughs> 18 years ago, uh, don't yeah, compare yeah. yourself with anyone. We are all, Ooh, yeah. we all get there at our own pace. Every story is different. And in your opinion, what does a more diverse film industry look like? I think the most important thing we need to achieve is to be more inclusive. I would love to see more women, indigenous peoples, uh, person of color working in post-production, especially in the leading positions like post-producer, editor, uh, colorist, composer, sound designer. Secondly, I believe we need to create more accessible workspaces for transgender people and people with disabilities. Um, unfortunately, most of the facilities and workspaces we work at are not quite designed for that. Um, they don't have a proper entrance or, you know, stairway, bathrooms, you know, like this is not a standard, like it's, it is around but it's not yeah. a standard and it should and be, it needs a to be a standard to you know for us to um see a more inclusive community is that uh is that something that you're hoping to uh, work towards and change uh, being a part of the vancouver post alliance i i do um i am yeah. actually one of the um uh, forming members of the uh, diversity and inclusion committee um then you know we we had some really great people joined us and i stepped out and now they're running the whole committee we have a mentorship program i should mention uh it's mm -hmm. uh it's a great opportunity to take your next steps and how do you how do you get into that mentorship it is called vancouver post alliance mentorship program so the, the program runs about like three to six months and we require uh, like a few years of experience in the field. This is actually for people who is looking to take their next steps in their career. It's more like an introduction. Like it's uh, you have a few years under your belt, and um, you want to become more professional. And then we connect you with someone. Uh, professional in your field and uh, in three to six months period it changes um, yeah you have this one-to-one -one mentorship well thank you so much uh, Bouquet I really appreciate you uh, being part of this and I, I learned so much uh, today so I really appreciate that thank you uh, thank you for having me I really enjoyed uh, talking with you as well thanks a lot for listening guys I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Bouquet if you want to check out other coordinating opportunities, listen to our conversation with Joshua Lamb last season as he talks about what it's like as a production coordinator in animation. As always, please go follow us on Instagram. Our producer Nightingale consistently promotes upcoming events and opportunities for BIPOC crew members in the BC film industry. So check that out so to make sure you don't miss out on anything. Uh, but if you do miss out on anything on Instagram, we have an episodic newsletter where you can find all that information as well as additional information on our guests. Bouquet sent us a lot of great information about joining Vancouver Post Alliance and other great resources on editing as well. If you want to support our podcast, go leave a review on iTunes or Spotify because that really helps us. But most importantly, share this with your friends. 
who you think could really benefit from this episode. Maybe they'll be encouraged to break into post-production and edit some cool projects. Hope you guys have a fantastic week and I'll see you on set. Thanks for listening to BIPOC Credits by Andy Wong. This episode was produced by Nightingale. Our editor is Rihanna Toy. Graphics by Joshua Lamb. Theme music by Peter Robinson and Patrick Fiore. Intro and outro voiceover by Mike Lee. Thank you to our community partner, culturebrew.art, for supporting us. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and Instagram at BIPOC Credits. If you're enjoying what we're doing here, subscribe to our newsletter to get all the juicy information we didn't quite get to in this podcast. Thank you once again for listening to BIPOC Credits. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head-on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.